Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my Elevate podcast. So in addition to the awesome interviews, a few times a week, I come on here just to share some quick thoughts and tips I think will really help you in a practical way, either your business, your mindset, or even your health. So while you're waiting for your Starbucks or picking up the kids or maybe just brushing your teeth, these are good quick hits to help you get on your way. Hey, everybody, I'm back. I hope you're having an awesome day today. I wanted to talk to you today about another little tip in this shifting market. And this is for all of you, whoever is listening, it is time to sharpen your skills. By the way, I am preaching to the choir right now. Um, as I'm transitioning into different roles, I'm having to sharpen my skills as well and think about what the market is going to need from me to be the best that I can be. So this is a we thing, not a we, me talking at you thing. Um, but really, this is the conversation right now as what are you doing to sharpen your skills? So whether we land in a balanced market, which by the way, balanced markets are sort of an anomaly. They, they kind of tend to be one or the other. We have these periods where we kind of pop into a balanced market for a little bit, but usually it's either a buyer's or seller's market. But let's just say we're into a balanced market and that's where we end up. Even in a balanced market, it is a very different place to be than a red hot seller's market and it requires a different skill set. So I want to just give you some quick thoughts for different types of people in the industry. If I were sitting in your shoes or if I am sitting in your shoes, I'm talking to myself about things that really need to be on your radar to sharpen so that you have the confidence that you are serving yourself and your clients better and that you can capitalize on the opportunities that are currently presenting themselves and will continue to present themselves. This is a chance, as I keep saying, for all of us in our different spaces to capture new market share, to differentiate ourselves, and to really rise up from the masses because let's be honest, when things change, most people get scared shitless and a lot of people just stick their head in the stand. That is just the truth. So if you're a non-sticker head in the sander, a non-ostrich, one of the things that you do to empower yourself and to make yourself shine is to sharpen your skills. Okay, so here we go. When you're in a consistent hot market or a consistent cold market, you get into a flow. And everybody kind of tends to offer the same sort of things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give some broad generalizations here. This is obviously not a thousand percent true because we know within every niche of the market, there are people that do things really, really well, no matter what the market is. And that's been the case, of course, in this hot sellers market. But in general, this is how people tend to think about things. So for lenders, when we're in this really low market, in addition to being a good servicer, that was important, of course, it was rate, right? Rate, 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 rate. Everybody's super, super rate focused. And that's what they wanted to know about was like, hey, I'm getting a 30-year fixed. What is your best rate? Buyer's ages tended to compete on speed, right? Ability to be responsive and go fast and respond and get out to that property and write 27 offers and all the things. The good ones got really good at finding things off market, right? And then anybody who was competing had the skill set of being able to get an offer accepted, right? It was not so much a negotiation. It was just this understanding of knowing of what it was going to take to get things done. Listing agents, unfortunately, were re really competing a lot of times on their discounted commission, right? Who will do it the cheapest? I don't, a lot of sellers were had the mindset, not all, again, these are generalizations, but they're generalizations because there was a lot of it, that 
you didn't have as much value as you did in other markets because the house would sell right away. They knew that it would go on on Thursday. You'd review on Monday. You'd have 20, 30, 40, whatever offers. And so they wanted to beat you up on your commission rate. And if you weren't willing to do it for what their cousin was willing to do it for, then you might be out in the cold. Again, generalizations. Also, a lot of the market was on relationships. This really served new agents well, right? Sometimes, especially if you were in a buy up, a buy up, a move up market, first time home buyers, or you're in that sweet spot where all of your friends were buying the bigger home, it was very relationship based that you get to sell their property because they're your friends. Friendships will still bring deals. I'm a big believer in sphere of influence marketing and all that good stuff. However, the questions are going to be asked more. What are you going to do to actually sell my property? So that's how it was before it was relationships. And a lot of times it was really the commission rate and investors. The generalization of who was doing really well during our really, really, really hot market was the ability to buy access to capital, being able to go fast. And quite frankly, a skill set that I noticed was the most prevalent one for the people that were doing well was bravery and willing to push the market, willing to buy at market rates today which would have been crazy in a normal market, but believing and trusting that you could get that remodel done back on the market, either as a sell or as a rental in a very fast amount of time and to play the appreciation float. In a new market, you're going to need some new skills, right? And I've talked about this in the other podcasts, but I want to talk just more specifically about some of the things for each of these categories that I, if I was in your world, and I guess I am in your world because we're talking about it on this quick hit, I would say these are some things that you really need to sharpen your skills in. So buyer's agents, you are really absolutely going to need to sharpen your lender knowledge. And that means knowing what lenders will do what, which ones have different programs. I know some of you are doing this before, especially with first time home buyers, but now it's across the spectrum. What is everybody offering that's going to help for the people that are a little bit unsettled about the higher rates? Are they having longer term products? Are they having interest only products? What kind of products are you going to have in your tool belt with people that you know, like, and trust as lenders to get deals done based on what your buyer is trying to accomplish? You're also going to need some niche market knowledge, right? Particularly with buyers that were more entry level, didn't have as many choices. We all know that they'd be like, listen, as long as it's like in central Metro Phoenix, I'll look at it. Again, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but I know from what I have seen with my team and my, you know, my buyers that Travis really helps with, Travis runs that part. It was like, hey, I'll go from the I-17 to Pima Road to here to there because that's what it took to be able to find a home. When markets change and there's more inventory, niches become more important. Now I only want to be in this particular school district. Now I only want to be in this geographic area. Knowing your niches and knowing what offers what becomes really, really important. It's no longer about just buying a house. It's about buying a house in a place that that person really wants to be. How are you going to be able to differentiate and steer your clients, not steer in the way of like the illegal thing, but direct them to where most of their needs are going to be met if you don't actually know all the different areas. You might actually decide that instead of being a broad buyer's agent across the whole 
entire freaking valley or wherever you're at, if you're listening out of state, that you might choose specific pockets or neighborhoods to really become an expert in as a buyer's agent, which ultimately obviously turns into a seller's agent and vice versa. And then lastly, you're going to need to sharpen your negotiation skills. If you've never done any negotiating, you're going to really need to surround yourself with with people that do have that skill, have maybe been around in different markets, or even take a course or two. You have to understand how to negotiate with the sellers when you're representing a buyer in a more balanced market. Sellers, how are you going to differentiate? This is for my sellers agents. What are you going to do to show your value to your clients? What are the different seller strategies that you're going to use? Are you going to become more well-versed in things like seller carries and different financing arrangements so that you can open up the buyer pool for your sellers and market that and communicate it to agents that may or may not understand it, but in a way that they can understand that it creates a win-win for their buyers as well. What are you going to do for marketing? How are you going to actually market these properties beyond putting them in the MLS? What are you going to do differently beyond having them show up on all the websites? Because everybody can do that. What special sauce are you going to do for your clients that shows them that you're doing something extra and brings them that value? These are things to start thinking about. How are you going to communicate? How are you going to set the expectations of how long it's going to take, whether it's still not that long, but more than a day uh, for this property to sell? Are you going to communicate, hey, when they want to shoot the moon, how are you going to set up expectations that, hey, if we don't have this many showings or an offer in this many days or this many showings, we're going to have to talk about reducing the price to X, right? These are conversations you're going to need to know how to have in a shifting market. How are you going to manage those weekly updates? What are you going to do? What are you going to provide your sellers for data, information, support, and confidence that they know that you're on top of selling their property? Things that you as a solo agent or your team should be talking about. And of course, lastly, you too can have to learn to negotiate a little differently. It's no longer about let's collect all the offers, put them in a spreadsheet and figure out what's best. Now it's about learning how to actually do a proper negotiation. And for the investors in the crowd, you know, I say this all the time, but you're going to have to sharpen your pencils. You're going to have to really know your numbers. You're going to really have to understand what your carrying costs are where you're going to lend on your uh, different exit strategies. You're going to have to know who is buying uh, in that neighborhood and what you should be spending money on and what you shouldn't. You're going to have to know what different lenders are going to offer for different products. You're going to need to know this because if you're listing your own properties as a flipper, you're going to need to be able to offer them to the buyers, depending again on which market segment you are in. Um, And you're going to need to be able to really be able to change Uh, lenders even maybe for your own exits. So if you're doing burr strategies or you're doing some sort of refi of some sort, different lenders are going to have different programs in a different changing market. And the one that you always went with before may or may not be the best fit. So you're going to have to expand those relationships a little bit. You, like the buyer's agents, are really going to need to know what your market values. I have a great story about this. I actually, uh, this was from a few years ago, before it got super hot, and I live in a neighborhood in Scottsdale that tends to be a lot of executives and downsizers. I am the baby. My husband and I are the young pups in this neighborhood. Most of the people are 20, 30 years older than us. And there are people that want lock and lives in the middle of Scottsdale, um, and then they can travel, right? And they can do their thing. A lot of them came from Paradise Valley, so they had 
much bigger homes and they wanted the ease and convenience of it. So the demographic in here, not all of it, but the vast majority of it tends to be older, more mature buyers. Well, when the market, before it got crazy hot, there were some flippers that came into our neighborhood and they started flipping these homes that were two-story homes. I happen to live in one of the two-story homes. Why? Because I don't need to worry about stairs. I'm not worried about my knees. Like two stories work just fine for me. But they bought these two-story homes, which tended to be the bigger homes, and they did two things. They comped them basing a price per square foot of what the single stories were selling for. Now, there was two fallacies there. Number one was the two story, the single stories, obviously, on a price per square foot, they're smaller homes, skew higher, right? You can't apply that same high price per square foot to a much larger home. We all know this, right? This is comping 101. But secondly, they were finishing them in a way that would appeal to a much younger clientele and a family clientele. Well, there's, in my entire community, I think there might be two families with children, maybe three. There's one, they just had a baby. That's it. Everybody else, there's no families. So what the amenities and the finishes of what they put in there was such a total disconnect with what this neighborhood was that those properties sat forever. And I happen to know what they bought them for and I can kind of ballpark what they put in them. I'm 99% sure they lost a ton of money just because they didn't know the niche. So anyways, you need to know wherever you are doing your investing in, whether it is to flip, whether it is to buy and hold, whatever you are doing, you need to know what it is that that neighborhood specifically wants. Because the old days where anybody will buy anything because there's no inventory, well, that's changing, right? And lastly, investors, you need to really actually put out good product. This crappy work that some of you have been doing, it's just not going to fly anymore. People now have choices, right? There's, no, there's not as much scarcity. So if you're going to do um, remodeling to sell, you have to do quality work, right? The, the level of that needs to be better and they need to be priced well for the market. So these are just some basics. There's a ton more, but here's a good place to start. Um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, myself included, it's time to sharpen our skills. By sharpening our skills, we actually thrive in a shifting market. We don't survive, we thrive it. Um, and we actually are able to take advantage of the opportunities that present. So thanks for checking in. Go get going on your skill set, and I will catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for joining me on my Elevate Quick Thoughts. If this spoke to you, I would be so grateful for you to give me a quick review, and even better if you would share it with a friend. I'm here three times a week, so I look forward to catching up with you on the next one. See you soon.